Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. Ecknerwall23, that is E-C-N-E-R-W-A-L-2-3, and Chris Tannehill is at his name, Chris Tannehill. The show is at Locked on Socks. You can follow us there on Twitter and on Instagram. And thank you for making Locked on Socks your first listen every morning. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. If you want to leave us a voice message, and we'll get to a couple of those today, 312-566-8727 312-566-8727 or your emails, which also we'll get to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm on vacation. You are not. Uh, I have not seen you in a few days. Uh, how is your trip to see the Illini uh, over in uh, Iowa to play the Hawkeyes at, at Kinnick? How was that for you guys? I mean, the stadium's always good. It's a tradition now with the Webbers, Matt, Jill, his wife, who are expecting a baby coming up soon, and his brother Clay. Um, bad. It was really bad. Um, Line I lost again. I have not won a trip yet. I think they're four and zero now. So we've been to Kinnick three times and Illinois once. We were supposed to go last year, but of course, everything got shut down. So yeah, it's it been bad. We have not won everything. What we ha- haven't won anything ever. What happened last year? I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sure you had a good time, though. Um, it was an enjoyable time. We went to the Burlington uh, Casino down there. <laughs> no, no, no the Bur- Casino, okay. Bur- Burlington, Iowa, right on the uh, mighty Mississippi, friends. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Uh, win, lose, give it, give it back. Um, I ultimately lost, mm. but I gained like so. I just like pretty much lost the 200 and then gained 100 back. So okay. I'm down 100 eventually. Like I went all the way down to like $10 of my 200 I started with and then built that back up to about a solid 100. Okay. So yeah, I was just playing blackjack pretty much in the casino. They smoke a lot in the <laughs> Iowa casinos. Bad. And you can bet on Iowa teams at the sports books. Imagine, imagine that. Uh, well, you know, Herb, sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. Um so let's get to the show here. We, we got a couple mailbags. We're trying to slide in here before Thanksgiving. We'll talk more about Thanksgiving in tomorrow's show. But, you know, there is no real news with the White Sox. Like, you know, I always go on Twitter on White Sox Twitter. Oh, what the fuck is up? White Sox Twitter. And I want to see what news I'm, uh, you know, making sure there's nothing huge breaking before we sit down and record. And here's what I can tell you. News in the White Sox world. The Zips projections are coming out on Monday. You can get mad at algorithms come Monday. Don't worry, folks. Uh, that's the It's the holiday season. <laughs> you can get mad at stupid computers. And Dan Zimborski doesn't care about you. Um, White Sox projections, the early uh, look, not good. But we know that. Uh, they don't project. The numbers are not good, but they also don't matter because they don't project for you know pending free agents or incoming free agents. So, But 
it's what we've been talking about all offseason. The projected numbers there for the players that they have, that's not a World Series winning ball club right there. So you guys know that. Uh, so that's coming Monday. We'll rant and rave about a, a computer algorithms on Monday. Um, the Hall of Fame ballot is out. You got a lot of former White Sox players on this ballot. Sammy Sosa, Jimmy Rollins, Manny Ramirez, A.J. Pruszynski, the Jake Meister, Jake Peavy, Justin Morneau, Andrew Jones, and Mark Burley is back on the ballot for 2022. Uh, and, of course, we did this whole show on mini. We have not uh, gotten together since we did the mini show, so thanks to everyone who uh, had kind words to say about that show. I think you'll get in. Um, but other White Sox news, Herb. You know, uh, Ken W.O. says the White Sox have won a game more recently than the Bears have. How about that shit? <laughs> It's that's a, true. It's, yeah. The Bears Jeez. are on their five-game losing streak, right? So that's five weeks plus the bye, six weeks. So, yeah. Ugh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's the tradition. Because they, they won Bears four-plus game uh, losing streak. Yeah, so they, the Sox won their game after the Bears won that game in Vegas, right? So they won more recently than the Bears. So that's true. That's sad, but that true. A, that, was a great, that was a great Sunday. It, it was, really uh, was. The Sky won. The uh, <laughs> The Sox and the Bears won. It's been a minute. Absolutely, and we did our show on the score. Uh, other White Sox news here. Juan Uribe is going to be on the White Sox Talk podcast with Garfine. Juan Uribe. That's right. So that's going to be appointment listening. That drops. Uh, it's out now if you want to check them out. They do great work over there. That's the, the uh, first time I think I've been jealous of another White Sox podcast that that's not us. They're getting Juan Uribe. So I was actually reading about Juan, and he's got a nephew that just won the Arizona Fall League batting title. Plays for the Guardians franchise, so you know it's, uh, he can torment us for uh, decades to come. All right, when we come we back, Aaron, we need Aaron Miles as a nephew to play for a team <laughs> to trade for him. Absolutely, we'll take a quick timeout and we return. We will open up the mailbag. That's next here on Locked On Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Well, it's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means, right? Football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Because Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Taking a look at some of the early lines here for Thursday's games. Of course, here our interest always on the Bears. Talking about Bears and Lions, of course. Lions, the Thanksgiving Day tradition playing at home against the Bears. Right now, the Lions still winless on the season, getting three and a half points here. They're plus three and a half. And right now, the over-under sitting right at 41. So if you're looking to make a play on this Bears game, just head over to Bet Online and get in on the action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with their promo code locked on to receive that bonus. And it's not just football, folks. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar, folks? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows, but you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally 
get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Herb, shall we open up that bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love email, too. We love your emails in particular, especially during the off-season. It's a vital part of the show, your contributions, your conversation. How can you, they, the White Sox, Locked on White Sox podcast listener, how can they send us an email or a voicemail to the show, Herb? Lockedonsocks at gmail.com for your emails or 312 566 Eight seven two seven for your voice messages. All right, these are all over the place here, but I think the very most important email we will ever receive comes from our guy Pete Hand, but of who, course, who says, "Hey, Herb and Tanny, Wally and I. Wally, of course, is the public face of uh, the guys from the one hundred eight. We know this to be true. He's the one that you see out there on social media. And when I think about uh, from the one hundred eight, I think about Wally first and foremost. Uh, Wally and I are planning to be out there in San Francisco for the Sox series." First round on Wally. I thought that was very nice of Pete Hand to nominate Wally uh, as the uh, procurer of the first round of drinks, and we will certainly take him up on that offer. So thanks, Pete Hand. Uh, that's it. That's a, that's the show. We're getting drinks uh, courtesy of Wally in San Francisco. Thanks, everyone. July 4th weekend. <laughs> thanks, Wally. First and third and fourth. Absolutely. Rounds. I'll get the second one. All right. So let's, let's, let's get serious now here. That's what people listen for is the serious White Sox talk. Uh, first email coming in from Adam Garcia. He says, hey guys, Adam's a frequent contributor during the offseason. Uh, hey guys, hope everything's going well. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about trading for Cattell Marte and what it would take to get him. That's uh, from Adam Garcia. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, Herb, uh, look, we get a lot of trade proposals and we're going to go through a lot of them. Some are more ridiculous than others. This one is not so ridiculous because it's a player that has already been on the White Sox radar, at least on a White Sox fans radar. But uh, this this is a little more reasonable in the fact that you know he, he at least Adam didn't propose you give up uh, you know the bag of balls the proverbial bag of balls for Cattell Marte, but yeah this this would be another unconventional fit for the Sox I think if they're trying to fix that second base problem it, it wouldn't cost them money it would just cost them prospects because I think they do have a lot of needs that they're going to have to pay for so if you can get someone that doesn't cost you a lot of money just cost you prospect equity I think that's a move they should consider making and uh, I'm a fan of Cattell Marte what about you yeah very much so I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are big fans of Cattell Marte like you said it'll probably cost some prospects that you're not going to like going the other way like multiple prospects because he's in his prime Signed to a very, very team-friendly deal. Yeah, and so coming off a really great year. So he's got team options in twenty-three and twenty-four. And he'll mm-hmm. be so he'll be a free agent technically at the at the beginning of twenty twenty-three. But yeah, he's he's on his uh, third year of arbitration here, and uh, he makes uh, you know he did get a nice little bump for himself five years, twenty-four million, I suppose. Uh, you know he could do better if he hit the open market today he'd, he'd crush that obviously but yeah he's he's got he's team friendly contract here going into this 
tumultuous uh, time of, of the offseason and the CBA and all that stuff. So, yeah, these elite-level players with uh, team-friendly deals, yeah, those tend to cost a little bit of money or prospect equity, I should say. Yeah, he's not the, well, I'm looking at the B-War right now, the 6.9 B-War that he was in 2019, his all-star appearance. He was fourth in MVP voting that year. But he's closer to the 2018 guy who was like close to a 4 B-War guy. Last year, the numbers were good at the plate, but seems like the defense suffered a little bit. So it was almost around a 2-War. Numbers were good, slashing on 318, 377, 532 in limited action. So he must have been hurt in 90 games. But, yeah, it's going to take some some doing to get him away from the Arizona Diamondbacks. But I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. And if they need to trade people who hurt, like Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets, I might have to do it. This guy, if he is the guy that showed up in 2019, which is I doubt he is, it's going to be a steal to give up those two to get this guy and for three years of team control. So, yeah, they're going to have to pony up and it's going to be painful for some of you guys out there who love the prospect hug. If uh, if I'm a, a GM and I have an all star MVP caliber player on a team friendly deal, I'm always going to ask for at least one top tier pitching prospect. I think that always like that's the most valuable like if you talk about what's the most valuable prospect commodity, it's it's top tier starting pitching and if you're looking to receive a player, the most valuable commodity is like team controlled all-star player. So I think those two roads will often meet. So that's why I think you're going to have to part with one of your top pitching prospects. I don't know. I'm not saying it's got to be Jared Kelly or whatever, but probably someone in your at the very least, your top 20, I would say, and then you would have to give them a guy who they can put over there now. So be it Danny Mendick, that's probably not what they're looking for, but you'll have to give them that, <laughs> a guy that can play second base then and, and now. But then you'll also have to dig a little deeper into your prospect capital for like someone for the future, for either for second base, middle infield, whatever. So that this that's going to be a pricey uh, deal if that's one that Rick Hahn's looking to make here but you know again switch hitter uh, that would be a good fit you know the White Sox have a lot of needs right now the way I see it and a lot of uh, needs can be filled on the free agency market so like I said I think if they can get a creative trade uh, you know I think that would be a time to do so although I'm not quite sure though I think if you're looking to make a trade and you know maybe you're trying to find an unhappy starting pitcher uh, closer to the the trade deadline and, and really bolster that rotation if you need to do so I think that's when you save your your prospect capital I think I don't think you you know the Sox are, are not dealing from a, a strength here organizationally at least in terms of you know the, we talk to James Fox all the time about how their the strength in their prospect core is like at the lower a levels which typically is a a good sign that your organization's in good health because that means that there's, you know, they're going to eventually rise up to the levels and there's going to be guys pushing them. So overall, it's not a terrible spot for the White Sox organization, but they, they're not loaded. They're not like the Padres were a couple years ago where they can make every deal on the table because they've got guys and they've got guys that are blocked. You know what I mean? So it's going to be tricky balancing this. Uh, you know, they, they, Rick Hahn is really going to have to make it count and if he's going to strike with with prospects here in a trade he's gonna to have to make sure it's the guy and, and not just you know piss these guys away uh just to, to fill a hole you know so that's kind of the way i see it playing out here so uh, are we in agreement there that uh, maybe Rickon shouldn't be uberly aggressive just to fill a hole especially one is you know inconsequential as second base 
Yeah, I wouldn't be going out and uh, initiating this. But if Arizona comes to you, yeah, you you listen. You definitely listen. All right, absolutely. Let's get to the voicemails here. Next one coming in. Excuse me, the first one coming in here from the 260. Hey, Kenny and Herb. This is Will from Warsaw, Indiana. Uh, I was just inspired by a tweet uh, from, from you, Chris, uh, responding to a coach. McCaskill baseball card tweeted by Soxner saying that this was an all-time great Gene Honda name. Uh, so I would just love it if you guys would riff for, for a few minutes on uh, a, a definitive list of the all-time great Gene Honda names, maybe a top, a top ten, if you will. Um, my underrated Gene Honda name is right fielder Diane Viciato. Uh, also, uh, honorable mention, second base number five, Ray Dora, and of course the all-time winner, designated hitter number thirty-five, Frank Thomas. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks, but <laughs> um, pretty good. That was very good. I always love to to think about where these people are calling from. Uh, when they're making a call like that, if they have to like duck out of their office or you know, like go, in their bathroom, <laughs> go, yeah, 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 well, yeah, you know about doing shows in your bathroom, head out, to, head out to the garage and and uh, well, honey, what was that noise out there? It sounded, you know, what, what were you yelling about? Oh, nothing, it's nothing. It was just, I was just doing Gene Honda, hun. number thirty-five, Frank Thomas. I just had the White Sox. Uh, Public address announcer in the garage. Sorry. He just <laughs> wanted to stop by real quick and tell me who the best player in White Sox history is. Absolutely. All right. So I got to thinking, you know, I you know, the logic behind this, when it, whenever I see a Kirk McCaskill baseball card, whenever I, I hear him being mentioned, I'll always think about Gene Honda, because I think that's a top tier Gene Honda name. Uh number twenty four, Kirk. McCaskill, like because strong names, like you have to have a real strong name that kind of hits you to have a great Gene Honda name. Like so oftentimes, you know, Paul Konerko is a great Gene Honda name. He was also a great player. So, you know, you think about guys that are maybe under the radar, Herb, and I, I got a little list here of some of my favorite Gene Honda names. Uh, number 20, I think he was number 20, Ron Karkovice. Karkovice was a good Honda name. I think mm-hmm. it's a strong name. It hits you. Um, number eight, Mike Devereaux. <laughs> uh, pull, digging in the crates, Mike That's Devereaux. Right. Yeah, and uh, along the, those similar lines there, Danny Tartable. <laughs> you know, anything that's got that little boom. And then, you, of course, warming up in the White Sox bullpen, Jim Parquet. <laughs> so that's. Butter. Yeah. So I don't know what your favorite Gene Honda names are. Uh, I will I'll always think of number 35, Frank Thomas, because that was like he had it not only. He had the signature way of saying it, as you just heard in the clip there. But, yeah, uh, Gene Honda, one of the best. I know he does uh, – I, I saw a tweet about him, the Maui Invitational. I think that's coming up soon. So he gets to uh, go out there. And what a life Gene Honda must have, you know? Do Sox games, do mm-hmm. Blackhawks games, you know, do Final Four, do the Maui Invitational, and just uh, post up at one of our favorite restaurants. So I, th- I think we're going to this week. And, uh, you know, he, he's cool as can be if you ever met the guy. But I don't know if you've got any favorite Gene Honda names. I got a couple on the visitor side if you've got any here. I mean, always when I bring up this guy's name, number 50, Jose Paniagua. 
Because <laughs> he only got to say it once. Yeah, if you were in the house that night, what a treat. What a treat for you guys and gals if you actually heard. Uh, I mean, he could have been a visitor, too. Uh, well, that's that's true. But I mean, but we all know Gene Hanna's got the different cadence and the different tone if you're a visiting player than if you're a White Sox player. But if you were there when Jose Paniagua was coming in from the bullpen after the Sox were getting their ass kicked by the Twins, and if you were, that means you probably got flipped off as well if you were one of the folks in attendance that night for Joe Bread and Water. Um, but, you know, I, names that I, Gene Honda, they're, they're always good from a visitor side, uh, warming up for the Kansas City Royals. Ambiorix Burgos. <laughs> Darren, you go to the school with a lot of Ambiorixes? No. Uh, uh, warming up at the bullpen, Hippolito Pichardo. <laughs> And, and of course, like whenever I think of Hippolito Pichardo, I think of the the bit with uh, with uh, I don't remember either of these, either of these guys' names. You know, I have a microphone in front of my face; I can't remember their names. But they always do the uh, Ken, you know, not Kenny Main, um, Scott Van Pelt. And he's with Tim Kirchin. Scott Van oh, Pelt yeah. and Tim Kirchin. They love you know whenever. Scott Van Pelt does a Baltimore accent and does like an, an Orioles player name. Tim Kirchin just loses his shit. I don't know if they still do this bit, but Hippolyte Pichardo is always the one that gets <laughs> Tim Kirchin laughing. Gets me laughing too. But uh, thank you for the uh, for the phone call there. It's much appreciated. Uh, only serious topics here in the mailbag. We all know this to be true. Next one. Bit of a lengthy one here coming in from Kyle Fegley. Any relation to Josh? <laughs> I'm sure he never got that before. Uh, Kyle asks this. He says, I'm a lifelong Sox fan. From East Indiana. I love the show. Hey, Josh Fegley, I, I know, think, right? is from Indiana, Gotta too. be, right? Gotta be. Uh, so, I love the show, and it gives me a way to connect to Sox fandom, since most everyone around here is a Cubs fan or a Reds fan. I've been listening to the show for some time now, but this is my first time writing in. I've been compelled to do so after Alex got two emails read on the air recently, <laughs> even with some, let's say, questionable ideas. Uh, no disrespect, he says. Uh, I've got all love for my White Sox fellow fans, but I think even Alex knew he or she was a little out there. Oh, okay, a little listener on listener. A little, little ball Hates. breaking here? No, I hate a little ball breaking. Uh, rightfully so. That's what we do here. So I want to submit my ideas to you guys just to see how crazy or maybe genius I am. Here is Kyle's offseason plan. Number one, first on the list. Uh, I got to say, if this is first on your list, uh, I guess the, the like I don't know how you are when you have like a task to do, but he's got I would say something that's relatively easy as number one, and then it gets a little bit more difficult. But I, I guess the, you 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 knock the easy things off your list first before you move on to the bigger things. But he's got re-signed Ryan Tapera, two years for sixteen mil. Uh, yeah, we're we're both Ryan Tapera stands here on this show. Um, actually, Tempura, Tempura, uh, but two years at sixteen. Yeah, uh, I, I think Ryan Tapera would sign for that right now, but I think that's might be jumping the market a little bit on Ryan Tapera. But uh, you know, no hometown discount for for the Sox if that's that's the case. Two years, sixteen mil. It's not my money. I'm down. <laughs> and by the way, Josh Fegley is from West Indiana, Terre Haute. Mm. Uh-oh. So maybe they're just on the other side. Maybe they're cousins. Was there like a family rift where like they had a big family fight and one family moved to East Indiana and one the other went we're west? Going to we're, we're, we're going to the Cincinnati area. <laughs> we're moving west. How far west? Oh, just West Indiana. Um, yeah, we're, yeah. Ryan Tapera. That's that's a no brainer right there. But I think he's earned his opportunity to be courted a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I want Ryan Tapera to go out and get his deal. After getting non-tendered by the Cubs last year, they re-signed him, just like Carlos uh, Rodon. Get your money. You had the opportunity. You've had a long career where 
you haven't had a lot of success. Now you're finally realizing a little success and people want your services. You're not long in the tooth, but you've been in the league for a minute. This might be your last chance to really cash in on a real good deal. So I would love Ryan Tapera to come back to the White Sox, but I more want Ryan Tapera to cash on for himself and for his family for the future. Uh, plan uh, number two from Kyle here. Um, resign Leary Garcia, one year, three and a half million. Okay. Fine, right? I, mean, I don't know if he takes that. Uh, yeah, one think, a one-year deal. I mean, I don't know like what type of money he made last year, but that seems low for him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, he had a pretty decent year. Like in you know, there's no way to find that out. No, there's uh, no. He way. made three and a half million last year, so well, he was probably looking for a little more money. Yeah, so open market. So if you're talking about four million for Leary Garcia, I think I'm out at that point, right? You Are get, you? I, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can get somebody probably younger and cheaper for that yeah. spot on your roster. You know, I, I love Leary, but you know, we, you remember, folks, the White Sox are. A, on the upper tier of, of payroll now, you know, with the Kimbrel contract. So like, you know, every, every dollar counts here and you, you know, you gotta be a little shrewd around the margins. If you're going to be in the market for some of the bigger fish here. Uh, number three, re-sign Billy Hamilton one year, 3 million. I mean, it's negligible. So yeah, I'm in. Yeah. All right. Uh, good clubhouse presence there. It, and, uh, I would like to see him maybe be deployed a little bit better. Like even when he was with the Sox, like, I don't think they were, aggressive as they should have been tact you know from a tactical standpoint as far as the way tony used them i think there were several instances where you i think they could have put him out there have him on second to start an extra inning why not have him steal third right out of the shoot you know uh I, that that's just me though so i think if you're gonna have a guy like that use him for god's sakes um and i think actually having a guy like that for the total 162, I think you know that 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 really helps your ball club. I know he de- dealt with some injuries last year, but a, a guy like that can really help you uh, rest guys throughout the season. Um, number four, sign Marcus Simeon, five years, 138. Uh, I see that, and just first blush, I think that's probably um, could be a little low. I saw some reports earlier today that maybe you're talking about seven years for Marcus Simeon. Mm, um, that's long. That is long. Uh, you know, I, that's definitely too long for the White Sox, and I think that's too long for most teams. But that's always just a starting point here. It's just a rumor. So you're talking just over 27 million a year for Marcus Simeon. Uh, you on board with that? 27 mil. Mm, I mean, he turned down an offer, I believe, in the 25 to 26 million dollar range from the Toronto Blue Jays. I believe that was the the number. Um, I mean, it's not my money. Well, I would yeah. bring him. I would bring him around, not for seven years, the five years that Kyle that was the Kyle yeah. uh, offered. Maybe a little long, but that might have to be kind of like the John Lester thing, where you're signing him more for the beginning of the contract than the end. Right. With the Cubs signed him, so you'll yeah. have maybe on the back end maybe one or two bad years and put those in quotes. Yeah. But the three years in front are just going to be so spectacular. So he'll take him. How do you think he'll profile out when he's let's say at the end of a five year deal? That's probably a guy you can put in a corner outfield spot and have him DH for you, right? You think? Yeah, if he still got the bat, yeah, yeah you could definitely one hundred percent get him uh, somewhere else. If he can, if he can still glove it first base corner outfield, like you said, yeah, and give you some, uh, good quality at best designated hitter. If you don't have one at that time, uh, number five from Kyle here, uh, sign Michael Conforto three years, 45 million. 
Three for 45. That's, so that's that 15 seems low. 15, per. yeah, I got my calculator here. That's 15 per for Michael Conforto. I think that might be a little bit low. And I got to tell you, if they sign Marcus Simeon, I don't think they're going to be in on Conforto. That's just me. Yeah, I think there's one. They get one or the other. Yeah. Uh, especially if the big one is Marcus Simeon. Um, I would do if hell if Michael Conforto comes here for 15 million, I would <laughs> sign him in a second. Yeah, yes, absolutely. 100%. For uh, the next three years, yeah, 100%. Yeah, give me him. Uh, next one uh, on the list here. Next uh, list for the White Sox sign Archie Bradley to a deal two years 10 to 12 million dollars uh, Archie Bradley Herb you know you're looking up his numbers here uh, last year he was seven and three with a three seven and one for Philly you know he's <laughs> just been a solid guy for his whole career yeah pretty much. Abs- absolutely you, you still need a little bit of a uh, of depth there um, in the bullpen I suppose so yeah I, I could see that uh, like being- the year in Cincinnati the year before he was dominant with that one and zero record, one one seven ERA, just one of the best in the uh, short season that he did have in uh, Cincinnati when he was there and he got traded from the Red. Yeah. So if you just you know think about that deal, Archie Bradley plus Tapera, you're you're talking about investing you know let's say eight nine to eleven like thirteen million dollars in those two guys in your bullpen for 2022. It's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of it money. It is, but for the you White Sox. did lose. Remember, you lost Kopech because he's going to the rotation. No, I know, but I, I'm just looking at it strictly financially because you know me, I cape mm-hmm. for White Sox finances. Uh, you know that that ends up being a wash if you're able to deal Kimbrel. Now maybe you can find another need elsewhere, and it frees up money, and you fill a hole like in, in the outfield or or second base by dealing Kimbrel. But you, so now you have that's thirty million dollars spread among three guys uh, in 2022, and one of them who you know you broke and you can't fix maybe. So that's just a lot of money here. Uh, I, I you know the White Sox did make some moves where they they saved a couple of guys from uh, being uh, Rule Five. So I'm wondering if those guys are going to be in play to be in the bullpen. Maybe we'll talk to James Fox again in the future about that. Um, number seven. Trade Gavin Sheets and Zach Collins done uh, to Cincinnati for Luis Castillo. Now this is something I I'm trying to remember if we talked about Luis Castillo on the show or if or we were just talking in the score hallways. But the, I, I remember you bringing this uh, idea to light. And Luis Castillo, you talk about a guy I, I mentioned it earlier today, a, a guy who's a, a, possibly a troubled starting pitcher with a, on a franchise that's not really going anywhere. You know, I don't think they're going to be losing some some guys in Cincinnati. That's a, a prime candidate right there for a guy maybe at the deadline where you make a deal for and it makes your, your starting rotation better, and that's a guy with, with stuff that can play any time, any place. Yeah, if it's that's all it costs you, Gavin Sheets and Zach Collins, I think it'll cost you more than that. Yeah, I'm on board for Luis Castillo. Me too. I'm 100% on board for that. If it's that low of a price, I'm jumping for that. And the final here, the final point here for the White Sox offseason plan uh, trade Craig Kimbrell to Toronto for Reese McGuire. I'm not sure if I would trade Craig Kimbrell to another American League team, uh, but this, this guy was a former uh, first-round pick um, from the uh, the Pirates and uh, now from uh, Toronto. He was a .3 B-War player last year, hit just .253. Um, you know, I'm not familiar with the Blue Jays' top prospects. You know, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's one of them. But if let's just say rule of thumb right now going forward, if you can deal Kimbrel for a top prospect, I would say that's something you take a look at. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at his fielding stats and 73 games last year, 70, 61 of them, which he started at catcher, 
He didn't make an error at all. Not 16. really a prospect, I should say. So he's been a, he's been kicking around since 2018. Yeah. So obviously yeah. they've got they've got other catchers there uh, in, in Toronto. But so for whatever reason, uh, Reese McGuire is not getting all the playing time. And, and we know from personal experience, you got catchers who don't play every day. Uh, it can be tough to develop these guys. These guys. You look at guys like this. You know, 14 games in 18. You know, 30 and 19, 19 and 20, and 78 and 2021. So 2021 is the first year he really played a lot. And it's uh, got him base at only a 310 uh, clip there for Reese McGuire. Yeah, I think he's more like I'm looking at 35% of the time he's throwing out runners. And yeah, like you said, they have catchers there. Danny Jensen and the guy that I saw down there or up there that Alejandro Kirk that might be their future. Well, that's why, that, like this guy Reese McGuire becomes expendable, you know, because yeah, I'm a big fan of Kirk. You know what I mean? So I maybe think, we should get call our guy Jake Lamb and see if he has the uh, <laughs> how he's a te- how he is as a teammate. Him and Marcus Simeon. Haven't heard from Jake in a while. I think he's like vacationing uh, somewhere. Maybe I don't know. Uh, so that leaves your rotation. Here's his final roster here from our guy Kyle. Final roster: Gilito Lynn, sees Castillo, Kopech. Bullpen, Ruiz, Keichel, Lopez, Bradley, Tapera, Bummer, Crochet, and Hendricks. Uh, catchers, Grandal and Maguire. Infielders, Abreu, Vaughn, Simeon, Anderson, Moncada, Garcia. Outfielders, Jimenez, Robert, Conforto, Engel, Hamilton. My only concern is what to do with Keichel. I don't know if they'll want to put him in the bullpen with that salary, but I think we need an upgrade to the rotation, and I think Keichel should be starting. Either way, I'm confident this team could win the World Series. What are your thoughts? Thanks for taking the time to read what I've got to say. Thank you so much for making my morning commute to work bearable. Cheers. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, the the Keichel thing is going to be a big part of this. I, I don't... That guy makes way too much money, and he doesn't miss enough bats to be in that bullpen, in my opinion. Yeah, same thing. You have to find a way to get him off your team if you're going to have the rotation you have there. And it's a solid rotation with Giolito Lynn. He's Castillo. I would put Castillo for the cease, but whatever. And Kopech right there. Um, I'm having trouble with, is Andrew Vaughn going to be a designated hitter in this lineup with all the people you got there? Like, yeah, or do point. you have Jimenez as the designated hitter and you put Andrew Vaughn back in left? But, you know, it's it's a good problem to have. Right. Um. Yeah, I would find a way to have Keichel be on somebody else's team. Uh, and some would say it's right now it's pretty much a sunk cost. You're going to pay him, what, 18 million this year. Might as well find him like a team that is cheap, would like some innings knocked off pay half of the salary something like that like a team like the cubs would love to have them they're getting cheap guys who are had some glory back in the day and they have some money to spend and maybe they'll take up some some of the uh, salary that the white Sox won't want to spend all right we've got plenty of fun emails to get to more phone calls we'll do that all on tomorrow's show and hopefully maybe some white Sox news huh that'd be nice so for my partner herb lawrence i'm chris Tannehill. thank you for listening to locked on white Sox.